guys, it's Janice. If you love this podcast and you've gotten great value and maybe a bit of entertainment out of past episodes, please consider a donation in support of both my podcast fees and my coffee habit. There's no obligation. Just click the link below and thanks so much for your support. Now on to today's episode. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, quick announcement before I jump into today. I have a surprise. Guess who started a Facebook group? It's actually me. No real points for that because... It was probably obvious. So if you are on Facebook and you are interested in getting a little bit of group support, a little bit more information from me, a little bit more information about me and what's coming up, search for Connections Coffee Confidence on Facebook and request to join. I am super excited to have you in there and get to kind of meet you in person. Yay! Also, I got notified that I'm now being carried on Amazon Music. So if you live in the US, in Germany, or in Japan, you can ask your Alexa to play Connections Coffee and Confidence anytime. Woohoo! Of course, you can always listen to me wherever you're currently listening. But um, if you have Amazon Music, it's an option for you. Okay, so now on to today's show. Hey, I'm Janice, and welcome to another episode of Connections, Coffee, and Confidence. Those are the three things I think are critical to every successful entrepreneur. So grab a cup of your favorite brew, and let's get into today's episode. Do you know what's been really hard for me in my business? Being specific in who I help and how. Like I had said in episode 14, creating my elevator pitch was a gong show of a time. Okay, maybe I didn't use those exact words, but that was the sentiment. Part of the gongness, yes, that's my word, is the lack of specificity and clarity in who I am best situated to serve. Another part is fear of exclusion. I don't want to flat out tell people that I don't help them because I can actually help a lot of people in many different avenues. Another reason is shock or gasp, the fear of being wrong. Sometimes I hate to make a declarative statement in case it turns out I wasn't exactly accurate in my targeting. And while that's not necessarily being 
wrong. It might mean a slight rebranding or a course correction, and really, it feels as good as a mistake. But is niching really something we need to focus our time and energy on? I mean, plenty of people help loads of people, and they do just great, right? Well, let's talk about if there are really riches in those niches. Yeah, I know, I had to use it. (laughs) Now, before jumping into the riches and the niches, I want to take a second and say a massive hello and thank you to everyone listening in Ashburn, Virginia. My sister-in-law has been and says it is a beautiful town. And I live near Ashburn in Ireland for a number of years, but I've yet to make it to Virginia. Perhaps when the border opens back up, I can take this show on the road, literally, and play tourist. I've always been really interested in Virginia because of its history. But until then, thank you so much for listening in such large numbers and for sticking with me. You, and anyone, can email me at Janice at JaniceFogarty.com and let me know what you'd like to hear about what topics you'd like me to dig into on your behalf, if you'd like a sounding board to bounce an idea off of, or maybe you'd like to be on or suggest someone to come on and talk. I'd really love to hear from you. And thanks again. Now, what do Steve Jobs, you know who that is, right, with Apple, and Seth Godin, a marketing genius, have in common? Niching. And I already feel like that word niche is going to sound super weird if it doesn't already, just by way of repetition. So apologies, my friends. These guys are mega famous in the respective worlds. And as the phrase respective worlds would indicate, they have a particular thing they're known for. When Steve Jobs left Apple, a company he co-founded, Apple took a bit of a nosedive in the market When he returned and became CEO in the late 90s, he took a look around at the massive numbers of products and was frustrated, shall we say. The following is an excerpt from an article entitled The Real Leadership Lessons of Steve Jobs, written by his biographer, Walter Isaacson, and published in the Harvard Business Review. I've linked it in the show notes. When Jobs returned to Apple in 1997, it was producing a random array of computers and peripherals, including a dozen different versions of the Macintosh. After a few weeks of product review sessions, he'd finally had enough. Stop, he shouted. This is crazy. He grabbed a magic marker, padded in his bare feet to a whiteboard, and drew a two-by-two grid. Here's what we need, he declared. Atop the two columns, he wrote consumer and pro. He labeled the two rows desktop and portable. Their job, he told his team members, was to focus on four great products, one for each quadrant. All other products should be cancelled. There was a stunned silence. But by getting Apple to focus on making just four computers, he saved the company. Deciding what not to do is as important as deciding what to do, he told me. That's true for companies, and it's true for products. So what he was saying was like setting boundaries, but not for you as a person, but for you as a business. He described the essence of the Oxford Dictionary's definition of a niche, denoting or relating to products, services, or interests that appeal to a small, specialized section of the population. Jobs pointed out two target consumers and two products 
for each market. Although Apple's products and markets are massive in terms of numbers, they were small in terms of targets. His approach famously brought Apple back from the brink of bankruptcy to the highest valued company by the time he died in 2011. That kind of focus on his two markets, Apple's niches, turned the massive company around in four years. The man had focus. My other example is Seth Godin, a marketing guru. If you haven't heard anything about him, you should totally Google him. Watch a YouTube of him or check out his podcast called Akimbo. He's thoughtful and calm. He makes so much sense, and yet he has a personality. I'm probably not supposed to hoosh you away from my podcast to go listen to someone else, but his episodes are even quicker than mine. You can totally fit one or two in after you finish with this episode, okay? Besides, information is for acting upon and sharing. Otherwise, it's useless, and my personality is one of info sharing. Actually, it it literally is. I thought no one had noticed until I went to a full company retreat back when I was working a, a day job with my now former colleagues from across the province, and the facilitator was discussing different personality types. He mentioned the info sharer, and everyone pointed to me. It might be why I like podcasting so much. I finally have a repository for all the info I have stored in my head, a reason to research my thoughts and the questions that I come up with. So thank you for being here with me. Anywho, Seth Godin. He more embodies the Urban Dictionary's definition of niche, which is a position or activity that particularly suits somebody's talents and personality, or that somebody can make his or her own. Godin is a proponent of what he calls the minimum viable audience, the smallest target group of people who can sustain your business. Feels a bit scary though, doesn't it? Like you only attract a specific audience, and what happens if you target wrong? It feels like a harder business strategy, more stress and risk. But on a blog post, Godin wrote this about a smallest viable audience. If you could pick them and needed to delight them because you had no one else available, would your product or service improve? If you had no choice but to ignore the naysayers, they're not in the group, or the people who don't think they need you or your work, would that force you to stop compromising and start excelling? Two things happen when you delight your minimum viable audience. One, you discover it's a lot larger group than you expected. And two, they tell others. On the other hand, if you aim for mass, another word for average, you'll probably create something average, which gets you not very far. Oh, he's compelling, isn't he? By the way, I'll link to that blog post in the show notes as well. When I take a minute and sit back to think about the successful people and businesses, they see what they're good at. They know who they're good with or good for, and that's what they do until they grow big enough to diversify. Or they're aware of that they're good at X, but X skirts onto Y, and they're actually pretty good at that too. So they'll offer it, but it may not start out as their initial offering. It's something they feel comfortable offering their current clients, the people who already know them for something. Okay, that's all very airy-fairy, so let me give you an example. You are a public relations practitioner who specializes in advising clients on presentation skills and how to market themselves and their businesses most effectively in pitches or presentations. Well, 
This is really closely related to media training. There's crossover in creating consistent messaging and delivering the same in a compelling way. You focus on your niche, create a relationship with those clients and become known for doing that one thing, that presentation or pitch training really well. And then you approach the idea that you also provide media training. Why don't you and your client sit down together and review opportunities for pitching the media? And here are my fees for this additional service. So you have a niche. You establish yourself with that and those clients sustain you. But it doesn't mean you can't grow. Something I really like about having a niche is the efficiency it creates. Service or product-based, you will benefit from niching down. The focus it will create in who you are serving and how will streamline your offerings like with Apple and will challenge and enable you to perfect what you are offering as discussed by Seth Godin. The time you will save by having a laser focus, the stress you will save by knowing that market and your product so incredibly well, and the money you will save by not wasting resources, creating products or services or chasing people who they're just not who you want. Don't forget, just because you don't market specifically to someone doesn't mean they won't see value in your offering and come flocking to you anyway. It just means you aren't spreading yourself and your attentions out unnecessarily. I have a friend who's a photographer. She does really cute people shots, but she specializes in real estate. Those are the people she focuses on, the people she markets to, and those are the bulk of her successful business. She doesn't waste her time on other avenues. She does what she really enjoys and what she's really good at. If someone approaches her to do something else, it's up to her if the project interests her or not, but she doesn't waste her time trying to get that other work. And if you're listening, hey Angie, keep backing yourself and showing your talents. You are wonderful to watch fly. If any of this is resonating, if you need to niche down a bit, Take a day and review what has been working and what hasn't. Analyze why. Is it the offering or the people you're marketing to that needs to be adjusted? Or both? There's no harm in tweaking things, you know? Sometimes you need to take a half step back and just look at what's working, what feels right and what's making money, and rebalance the order of things. Now on the flip side, is niching down a business strategy without risk? Mm, I, like I don't think anything is exactly risk-free, but I do feel that there are risks worth taking, especially as small business owners. Relying on a small market can have disadvantages because what if you slay it and all of a sudden you get competition? Currently, all of my listeners live in a free market society, so this is totally a possibility. But I believe this is where your brand, your relationship with your customers that you've created by consistently providing top quality product and being available on social media so your people know you. Oh, hey, have you grabbed my freebie yet? JaniceFogarty.com for some social media inspirations to help you foster that relationship. Now you might lose some customers when this new competition comes in, but I bet you most of them will come back because they know you and they like you. Or what happens if that market disappears? Honestly, I struggle with this objection because I just can't see an established group of people dissipating. They might evolve, and the beauty of being a small business in touch with her audience 
is that you should see the evolution happening and be able to shift with them to continue to meet their needs. There's that old adage of not putting all of your eggs in one basket, but ugh, no. I doubt any of you listening are good at just one thing and nothing else. You can shift and evolve with your people, and once you have yourself established, you can grow, meaning a basket safety net of sorts. If you want to draw upon some economics theories, and who does not love economics? You could argue that there are economies of scale playing against you, where an item gets cheaper to produce at larger quantities. And I feel like none of us are Apple, who had a very small focus that just happened to encompass a large market. But if we do our bit well at a smaller level, we can then afford to grow and accomplish those economies of scale. And you know what? I know that there are big entrepreneurs who seem like they encompass wide niches or so many niches, so many and so wide that it seems like they suit everyone. I draw Marie Forleo to mind. She calls herself multi-passionate. She worked at the New York Stock Exchange. She was a Nike elite dance athlete and an MTV choreographer. She was a bartender. She is an international best-selling author and started one of Inc.'s top 500 digital education companies. Uh, that's bananas for someone who really isn't too much older than me. And it doesn't seem very focused, yet she is incredibly successful. So how does that work? Well, she knew she needed to use her creativity and she always wanted to dance. She never took a dance class until she was in her 20s, but she started and she worked her way to basically rule the world, working with massive names. She found a passion, she found a niche, she dominated, and she moved on. She moved on to coaching. She started with a few small clients. And long, long story short, she got really good at serving those few clients. And she grew, but she started small, with a focus. Her courses that she currently offers are focused, both in topic and in audience. She welcomes everyone, but designs and markets to a particular woman. Others, including men, flock in because they see the value, but that's not who she goes after. I feel like she doesn't niche herself, just like you don't have to niche yourself. As a person, you get to keep your quirks and traits and all of your interests, but pick one for your business and focus on that. Pick your favorite person to deal with, ideally the one who is also willing to pay you for your offering, and focus on them. Make that niche your comfy little home and love those people in your niche house. Then grow. You listening are doing so because you're in my niche house. And I love having you here. If this was a physical house, I'd be pouring you drinks, making tea and coffee and baking cakes and cookies to go with them. I'm an info sharer and a feeder, but you're in my metaphorical house and I love having you here. If you have friends who might like to come and hang out, stay a while, my door is open, as is my Facebook door, by the way, and thank you for sharing. Until next week, my friends, the dishes go in the dishwasher and thanks for visiting. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. And if you like what you heard, I'd love if you could hit the subscribe button and leave me a positive review wherever you're listening. 
It doesn't cost you anything but an extra minute of time, but it means a lot to me. And if you really like what you're learning, head to JaniceFogarty.com and sign up for my weekly email. You'll be the first to know about the new episodes and the other plans I'm working on. So make sure to meet me, same time, same place, next week. Until then, stay safe and thank you so much. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.